Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hey guys, happy new year. How was your New Year's Eve and uh, New Year's Day? I'm actually recording this on New Year's Day. Uh, we had a very quiet New Year's Eve, as per usual, because we're not big. Uh, we're not big on going places with a lot of crowds, even pre-pandemic. So um, my husband watched the Michigan football game, which don't ask didn't go well. <laughs> and I caught up on work, and that is basically what we did for New Year's Eve. We had a little bit of time to have some fun and celebrate and ring in the new year clearly long before midnight because your girl goes to bed at like 10 o'clock. But we got it in there. We got our celebration and it was a great time. Today, I want to look forward towards 2022 and help you set goals for the new year using my personal system that helps me to really ground my goals, keep them focused, and then move them forward towards the year. So today, we're talking all things structure around goals. And if you are at all like me and you sometimes set goals or resolutions and then you forget what they are two weeks into the year. Let's let's try to do it differently this year. Um, let's try to be uh, just more focused and, and focus on quality over quantity and follow through. So if that sounds like something that you would just love for this year for yourself, if you want to bring some new cool, awesome aspects to your life, then this is the podcast for you. So on that note, let's move forward. So uh, always I am thinking about all of my listeners as I talk through these things. And I know a lot of you are here for health and wellness advice, for uh, especially for those of us over 40. So I keep you in the context of everything I share. However, with this new lens that I'm looking through of just distraction and um, hyper-focus maybe, <laughs> and just balance and getting away from overwhelm and burnout towards a more intentional and methodical way of living, uh, I, I want to blend those two in this system. So as I mentioned before, I in the past have set a lot of goals that have just gone by the wayside very quickly because I'm very good at letting myself down in certain areas of my life. Uh, I'm very consistent in other areas of my life where I have developed great habits because if I have to think and put a lot of cognition into doing something, it's harder for me to follow through. If it's uh, a natural habit, then it's really easy for me to do, especially if I know that is beneficial, like my daily workout habits, like my healthy eating habits. So maybe those are some of your goals for uh, 2022, or maybe their business, or maybe they are some other evolution or transformation that you want to see in your life. So this system is going to help you no matter what. In my last podcast episode, if you didn't listen to that, I encourage you to go back and listen. I talked about a few different ways of looking back at the previous year and understanding what worked, what didn't, what brought you energy, what drained your energy. And I think all of those pieces are really important, whether you look at it from a high level, like the 4L retrospective that I walked you through, or detailed month by month going through your calendar and doing a calendar edit, as I also shared. It doesn't, um, I mean, it, at the end of the day, what you want to get is the essence and flavor and themes of things that worked for you and what didn't. 
And I really like the idea of looking at, you know, where was your life very full and, and the areas that you really loved it being full and what were you longing for and what felt like lacking in the year? Because all of those things are going to inform the goals that you set for yourself this year. So if you haven't done it yet, take some time to do that and reflect on the year that you had. Also consider doing the needs assessment that I shared last week because that is really going to help you understand what you personally need to thrive as a human being. I, I had no idea how important that work was until I did it. And once I came out the other side of that assessment, I really understood who I, who I was as a, as a human being and the, the core things that I needed to show up in my life as my best self. And just to give you an example of that, you know, I've always had this fear of leaving the security of my corporate uh, work to go into more creative work. I've done this in the past and I've always come back to the corporate work. And I believe that there's an underlying belief there that there's not funny, there's no financial safety in uh, creative work. And I don't know where I can, actually, I do know exactly where I picked up that belief. And it, that belief very, very strong has filtered and impacted a lot of the things that I've attempted to do for myself in the past. Now that I know that work, engaging work and financial security are two of my highest, like top needs as a human being, I know that I need to find balance there because yes, I do need that financial security, but yes, I also need engaging work that is very meaningful to me. So now as I bring like this whole new aspect to my business that I plan to make a bigger part of my work life and I plan to minimize the corporate work, now I know what my needs are and I can structure my goals around them. In fact, I have structured my goals around them and I have met those financial needs so that I know going into this year, even if my uh, corporate income takes a hit, that I'll be fine because I've set those financial boundaries in place. So that's just like a small example of really understanding who you are and what you need to go forward and, you know, quote unquote, live your best life or just have the courage to tackle whatever it is you want to move forward with. So assuming that you have done that retrospective and you've done your needs assessment, now it's time to put pen to paper and or uh, start a new Google sheet, (laughs) which is what I did. I created a a goal template, which I will share with you. I'll put the link in the show notes. I will also link to the blog post that accompanies this podcast. And I also have a YouTube video as well. So if you would prefer to listen to it on YouTube or read about it, uh, all of that will be there and all of the links to the stuff that I've mentioned like the 4L retrospective, the needs assessment, and the Google sheet for setting goals. So let's focus there. Uh, Let's say you are working with me in the Google sheet and or you've got your journal open. The first thing I want you to do is write down like the major goals that you want to do for this year, just free form. And also keep in mind the context of everything that you just uh, walked through. So you know your themes, you know your needs, and you're starting to write down goals that have significant meaning for you, that are things that you know you want to do in this year and that you know will give you energy and um, you know fill your needs. So once you have those major themes written down, take a break, go grab a coffee, walk around the block, do whatever, and then come back to them with uh, like a fresh mind. Um, or you can just keep going. I prefer to give like anything I write, 
a little bit of a rest and then come back to it. That's part of my creative process. You may not need to do that. Now I want you to look at what you've written down and I want you to think about where those goals are coming from. Are they coming from a place of like deep, authentic want or need? Or are they coming from a place of these are the things other people expect of me? Let me give you an example. I have struggled again. Let's use the same corporate uh, work example. I've struggled diving 100% into creative work because I know the my parental message of you have to have a steady income and you have to have a steady job and that's where your worth comes from is deeply embedded in me. So if I were to say that, you know, I wanted to find a new position in my corporate work or elevate my corporate work and somehow I know that would be a goal that's not really authentic to me, but more so authentic to the message I received as a child and the programming I received as a child. And my husband, who is also um, both a creative and um, somebody who works in the corporate space, also has a strong uh, respect and regard for corporate work. I'm not suggesting that he's motivating me or pressuring me to stay in corporate, but I know that's what is important to him. For him, not necessarily me, but I reflect that back to myself. And all of those messages and beliefs of other people influence the goals that I have created for myself in the past. Not any longer. Now I understand where those beliefs are coming from and I know that they have impeded my ability to move forward in the way that my heart wants me to go. So I'm able to put those aside and really think through this is what I need and this is what I want and this is what's important and core to me. So go through your list and think about whether or not these goals that you've written down are coming from influence outside of yourself or they're 100% a reflection of your heart. If they are coming from your heart, fan-freaking-tastic. You have a much greater possibility of moving forward and actually being successful with those goals because we know that the goals that are really influenced by other people that have the have the sense of I need to do this or should do this or this is what I have to do, not what I want to do, those goals rarely come to fruition. And if they do, we have to white knuckle them and they don't feel good and they don't take us in the direction that we need to go because uh, they're not our true heart's desire. They're somebody else's true heart's desire. So if you find that you've had the same goal every year for the past 10 years or the past even few years, ask yourself, is that something that you really want or is it just something that you think you want? Like if losing weight has been a goal on your list for the last couple of years, but you have just not gotten there, I would gently and lovingly ask you, is it really important to you to lose weight? Because if it is, you probably would have done it. So are you losing weight for other people or are you losing weight for you? And I use the example of um, a, a marathon to create an analogy around this. I have always thought it would be really cool to do a marathon. I've always wanted to do a marathon because it sounds cool. And I've done other big financial, I'm sorry, financial. I've done other big 
physical um, goals or finished other physical goals in the past, like a half Ironman and, and centuries and half uh, marathons, but I've never done a marathon. And I thought it would be really cool to do that. But every time I sign up for a marathon or I plan to sign up for a marathon and I start marathon training, I freaking hate it. <laughs> I do not like long distance running. My knees don't want to go for 20 miles like ever. And I know it's 22, 26.2 miles for a marathon, but you have to do all those long runs uh, to get yourself up to that level of endurance. And I don't want to do it. <laughs> no part of my body wants to do that. Just a piece of my brain. So I illust or I share that story to illustrate one other way I want you to look at your goals. Are these goals just sound good goals that you know your brain thinks would be great or your ego thinks would be awesome, but the rest of you has no desire and no energy and no Fs to give up for that goal. Because if it's just your ego and your brain that wants to do that goal, then it's not aligned. You know, we're looking for heart head alignment here. And I know that sounds a little woo woo, but it's very important. And my heart and the rest of my body did not want anything to do with that marathon goal. So, um, to this day, it still hasn't happened. And I'll tell you, that has been a goal on my list. It's no longer on my list. I dropped it a couple of years ago, but it was on my list for a very long time. And I, if I leave this earth having never done a marathon, that is a-okay. So now you've got your goals and you've taken your first review of whether or not they are coming from your heart and they are fully aligned with mind, body, and soul. And now you're going to take a Sharpie marker and scratch out all the ones that aren't. And I really want you to be diligent with this because the next piece, a step as we go through here, is looking at your goals with restraint. So if you've taken some goals off, bravo, now we're whittling it down. But now I want you to consider feasibility, uh, especially for my ADHD folks here, we don't have a good grasp of time sensitivity. So it's called time blindness. And basically it's our brains live in the, in the space of now and not now. We don't have a great perspective on how long a bunch of tasks will take to accomplish a goal. And that's just a function of our prefrontal cortex. It's The term is called time blindness, and it is true for a lot of us. And that's why very often we're late, and very often we overestimate what we can do in a short period of time. So this is a great time to look at your goals and think through, like really think through, is this something I can do? And you might want to enlist the help of somebody you love who knows you well and knows how much time and energy it takes for you to get things done. Uh, you might want to enlist the help of a coach, and I would be happy to work with you on this. This is a great way to start working with a coach to really think through what's important, how long is it going to take, and you know, be very clear about where you're going. Because I'll tell you, the majority of the clients that I have come to me with the same issue. It's around overwhelm and not feeling like they're getting enough accomplished, that they're busy all the time and never getting anything done. They're always in that process of organizing, but they never get organized. And one of the core issues there is this time blindness thing and this belief that we we're an over-optimized belief that we can do way more than we possibly can because our prefrontal cortex isn't giving us a very realistic shot of what we're capable of in the moment. So it's good to have a coach or somebody you trust with is non-judgmental. So you probably don't want to use your spouse or your mother uh, and just walk through your goals and say, do you think that I'm overshooting this year and see what they have to say about it? 
So now, uh, with that said, I'm going to recommend that you have no more than maybe three to five goals max. And uh, you'll understand why as we walk through this process. If you have like 12 to 15 to 26 to 45 goals, I can almost guarantee they're not going to happen. And when I say that, I'm not talking about a goal that's going to happen like next week. Like, oh, I want to go to some party and, and, and not overeat. I'm talking about the things that you are bringing into your life, like new experiences or transformation that you know needs to happen. No more than three to five preferably around three. Now, these are what I would consider sort of longer term theme-based goals. What I now want you to do is to take your three to five goals. If If you're using my Google spreadsheet, plug them in and then think through what are the quarterly milestones for those goals. When you have bigger goals, Generally, they don't take, you know, just a couple of days or weeks. They're something that, you know, you're working towards. Maybe it's like leaving one career to go to another or, you know, leaving your career, your corporate career to go to a, uh, like a, a, start a new business or lose 30, 40 pounds. Whatever the case may be, generally these goals are bigger and need to not, they need to be chunked down, but where you want to start first is really understanding what are the milestones here. And the milestones, which I like to map out via quarters. So Q1 is January to March, Q2 is April to what is it, end of June. You know what I mean? So I map them out into four quarters and then write down what are the major milestones within each quarter in order to inform, that will inform whether or not you're marching towards your goal at the rate you want to. And these are like not pass or fails in the sense that if you said that you want to lose 50 pounds this year and your first quarter milestone is having lost 10 pounds, and if at at that point you haven't lost the 10 pounds, it doesn't mean that you're pass or failing. It just means you need to readjust what you're doing. So uh, have those milestones Make sure that they are realistic to the extent that you know you're you want a certain outcome. So if you want a hundred thousand dollar outcome, you may want to do twenty five thousand dollars per quarter. But do you know if let's just say this is around starting a new business? Do you know that you're going to make twenty five thousand dollars in Q one, like right out of the gate the minute you start your business? Maybe. Or maybe like the first quarter or two are really you ramping up so your expectations are lower and then Q3 and Q4 have a higher um, milestone marker. So I just want to point that out for clarity that look at how you think you will progress towards your goal and make those milestones reflect what you think is going to be uh, most accurate. And of course, you can absolutely adjust because this is all just guesstimations, right? Like if you haven't achieved that goal before and you've never done the thing before, you have no idea how long it's going to take or what realistic milestones are. But the more you think through it and the more you visualize it, this is all part of the process of quote unquote manifesting it. (laughs) Whereas, um, you know, just blindly assuming that towards the end of the year, you're going to achieve some number or some milestone or marker or pant size Uh, without any sort of thought of how you're getting there, it it makes it a lot harder to achieve that, um, especially for those of us with ADHD. (laughs) 
Do you constantly feel busy but never seem to get anything done? Or maybe you're always in a perpetual state of getting organized but you never quite get there. I help my clients get clear on their needs so they can get them met, define their wants so they can say no to everything else and create super loving boundaries so they can stay focused on what's important to them. If this sounds like something that you could use help with in 2022, then please, I invite you to explore working with me. You can find out more about my coaching programs at itsadhdfriendly.com forward slash coaching. That's itsadhdfriendly.com forward slash coaching, or just click the link in the show notes. I would love to work with you in 2022. Let's make it the best year ever. So now that you have mapped out the major milestones for your goals, your three to five goals, now it's time to really noodle in what needs to happen. So if you're using my Google Sheet, then uh, I would, and you might want to just look at the Google Sheet for a visual understanding, even if you decide to do this in your journal. I understand a lot of people prefer to do pen to paper. Um, Now you want to really plot out what are the deliverables. So You've got your goals, your major themes, then you're looking at each quarter what the milestones are. So as you look at those quarters in Q1, if your milestones are, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds, what are the action steps that need to happen in order for you to meet that milestone? Uh, So let's use the analogy of the uh, marathon, which is the example I give in the template, by the way. Uh, So I I break it all down with um, a make-believe goal. Uh, just because it's really uh, helpful to illustrate it. So I've got, I'm going to run the New York Marathon and today is January 1. New York Marathon is always in November. I don't know the exact date. So I'm breaking down in Q1. I want to be able to run 10 miles, you know, pretty decently. So what do I need to get from, you know, the fact that I'm not really running on a regular basis right now to running 10 miles by the end of March? And maybe that's overestimating. I don't really even know. But anyway, for the sake of illustration, I start writing down all the things I need to do. I need to find a plan that will get me, pardon me, to, uh, or I think it was five to seven miles. What is my, um, my plan to get there? I find a running plan that will get me there. Maybe I find a running coach that'll get me there. These are all first quarter deliverables. I get a new pair of running shoes that will support my knees. I map out several routes that I know are um, aligned to the distance that I want to continue to build on. I find running friends or whatever it is I think that I need to build structure around that first quarter milestone to reach my goal at the end of the year. I hope that makes sense. Uh, This is where you are detailing all the steps that you want to take. And it's going to feel very maniacal and boring and you're going to want to skip it. And I'm really going to urge you not to do that. I'm really going to urge you not to do that because this is so important. So you're plugging out all of these milestones and steps and uh, you're putting dates beside them. I generally just do like the last date of every month as the deadline date because a lot of these dates you're not going to have specific dates for. So if I know that in January I need to get a pair of shoes and um, find a a running plan that will get me to five to seven uh, miles easily, then you know, then I know I want to do those by January 30th. So map out all of your individual deliverables for each of the quarters. And then you'll have like a running list that from January 30th to December 31st, all of the various different deliverables that you need to do in that year to reach that goal. 
and do that for each of your goals. Now you know why it's really important that you don't actually overwhelm yourself with too many goals because we're really thinking through this in detail and building structure to achieve them. So less is more in this process in terms of actual themes of goal. Detail and deliverables, the more you can think about those, the more success you're gonna have. So now you've got all of these details and deliverables for all of your goals. Take a look at those and think to yourself, um, do I have the time, space, energy, and cognitive you know, ability and refinancial resources to accomplish all of these deliverables in this year? And this is an, a, like your next gut point check. It's like, holy crap, you know, I can't do all of this and take care of my three kids and work my full-time job you know, and have a life on top of it. I need to cut something out then this is the point where you're gonna do that. And this work is not lost because maybe you can actually get to it, but you don't pick it up until like September when your first two goals are almost done and you have a little bit more time and space in your world to pick up a new goal. So don't always think about goals being starting on January 1 and ending on December 31st. This is cyclical, but you wanna really be honest with yourself as to how much you're picking up right now. And if you can't pick up all three to five, Pick up one or two and commit to doing the other ones when, you know, there's a space for them in your life. So this is the next point I really want to nail here, that just because you set a goal for yourself and you realize at some point along the journey that it's all too much, it doesn't mean you failed if you put it down. As long as you've got that plan and you're just putting a pin in it so you can focus on something else in the time being, that's not a failure. That's smart, strategic goal uh, accomplishment, goal achievement. So you have your plan now, you have your, your figured out dates or you know m- by month, and now if you feel like you are ready to go ahead and plot them, start putting them in your planner, calendar, whatever it is you use to stay organized. So if you are somebody who only looks at a digital calendar when you're at work, but you spend the majority of your day at work and that's sort of like your main calendar, plug them in there or plug them in your Gmail or you know, put them in your, your planner pad uh, at the top of each month. Whatever it is, do the best you can to summarize them from a month perspective in your daily planner and then noodle them out into the actual days. Like on this day, I'm going to do this thing because it's a dependency on the next thing that I need to do. So I need my running shoes purchased before I start my running plan. So that's the first thing I do. I do that January 1. I download the plan maybe on January 1, but I start the plan on January 5 when my shoes have come in and I'm sure that they, you know, I'm confident that they fit properly. You get the idea. So now you're going to go through that again, very tedious, but very important process of bringing your uh, detailed action steps into your daily planner. This is your structure piece. This is so important. And I'll tell you why. I don't know about you, but I wake up first thing in the morning, especially when I'm not doing my corporate work, which is pretty structured. If I'm just doing things for myself or my own business, I have no idea what I'm going to get up and do in the morning. Like, and when I'm think when I wake up in the morning, I'm not thinking big picture. I'm thinking, can I have more coffee, please? Because I didn't sleep well last night. So it's really important that you've got everything written down. Like this is how you do business strategy as well, but this is really what we're going to apply to our personal life and the things that we want to do with ourselves. Because very often we, it's not that we 
don't want to follow through on our goals or that they're not important to us, but we forget in the morning what it is we need to do and everything just kind of falls apart because we don't have that structure and foundation of this is step A, this is step B, this is step C. So you're pre-thinking through all of this and giving your future self like a roadmap, a very well thought out roadmap that's going to work for her. And your future self is going to achieve those goals and she's going to be super proud of you in this moment going through all this work. So now you've got everything detailed out. And I'm also going to pause here for a second to say, if you don't have a calendaring system or some sort of productivity system, which a lot of us ADHD folks struggle with, like that's a triggery thing because we love to try and get organized, but we never quite get there. Or we start with a new planner system and we think it's great for about three days and then we forget to check it ever again. So this is going to be the next step in our evolution, setting up as many freaking reminders as possible. But before we get there, if you don't have a planning system, now is your time to pick whatever is the most reasonable for you. The one that you either love the most or hate the least, uh, or the one that you are forced to check as many times as possible. Don't go for the, the shiny bells if the shiny bells are not intuitive for you, Find a system as basic as it can be, whether it's a written planner that you bring with you or your Google Calendar or whatever, but make sure that you have these written down into some sort of calendar system. I will tell you, I have found the best uh, system possibly known to me on and it's called ClickUp. And it blows my mind on the regular. I think it's so ADHD friendly. You can see all of your information in a variety of different ways. I use it for personal tasks. I use it for business strategy. And it has literally changed my life. And that is no joke. I use the, uh, there's a free plan, which is great. Um, I use the first level paid plan, which is bomb. And it's got unlimited storage. So I am able to get rid of Dropbox and all of those other things that I'm paying for. And it has a whole bunch of other different features that I love, but that's sidebar. I digress. Now we're going to set up reminders so that we are constantly being brought back to the task. So here's another tip for my ADHD folks. Our short and long-term working memory is not great. So in order to compensate for that you know, lack of short-term memory, working memory, we need to externalize our goals and have them set up in a way where they're constantly going to be coming back at us as reminders so that we don't forget to follow through on what we really, really want in this life, right? So here's what I personally do. I set up a ton of reminders in ClickUp. I have another reminder app that pings me like 10 minutes before something important is due or necessary. I write things down in my um, day planner. So I use the daily designer planner. You can get it at Target. Uh, And then I also use ClickUp as well. So I need digital and paper. So I have everything planned out in digital. And then when I sit down in the office and the first thing in the morning and I look at what's, you know, on my digital screen, then I write it out in my day planner because I need something physical to check. And then I also have Alexa program to remind me to do a bunch of things throughout the day. So I have a little Alexa dot in my office. And whenever I think to myself, I have a reoccurring task that really needs to be, you know, brought to my attention again and again. I just say to Alexa, you know, remind me at 9 a.m. every morning to look at my to-do list. Uh, And then she does that every single morning. And that additional reminder using a different um, input, like like auditory as opposed to visual, uh, is really important and it's very effective. And then I also use coaching as an accountability measure. So I always have a coach of some kind 
keeping me accountable and on track. And that is for me worth paying somebody for. So those are my systems and those are what work for me in order to make sure that I continuously stay reminded about my why, about my tasks and move myself towards my goal. Because the one other reason I will put a pin in this in terms of coaching, I don't know about you, but I'm easily distracted by new and shiny ideas. I have a million freaking ideas all the time, all the do day, my brain is constantly coming up with new ideas. That's great when you're in ideation mode, but when you're in execution mode, it's really, really hard to stay focused. So uh, my coach also helps me stay aligned to the goals that I've selected for the time being and park my, my shiny pennies for the next thing. So I always have motivation for, I need to get this done so I can move on to this next really thrilling and exciting thing. That's how my brain works, but I can't, I shouldn't say I can't, but it's very difficult for me to ignore those shiny pennies and not want to dive in and create something new every second day because that's just a part of my personality and the way my brain works. But my coach really keeps me grounded step by step. Like that's my hand holding um, white glove support that I need. And it's worth every penny because I end up doing the things that I want to do that I've thought through and think, wow, you know, I really want to make this revenue this year. I really want to build my business to this this year. So investing in my coach is, you know, part of that process and it pays itself in dividends. So that's how I do it. Now, granted, not everybody needs a coach or has the resources for a coach. Find yourself an accountability partner, somebody who is equally as invested and motivated in reaching their goal, doesn't have to be the same as yours, and keep each other accountable in whatever way works for you guys. Like maybe you have like a Monday morning text message check-in. I've tried that with people and it just doesn't work for me personally, but it might work for you. If you have ADHD, another trick that I will uh, suggest is body doubling. I don't understand this. I shouldn't say I don't understand the science, but there's a lot of science around it, uh, I, which I won't share today, but essentially if you are more in inclined to get a task done, if somebody is in your presence, you know, not necessarily watching you or nagging at you, but if somebody's in your presence, like quite literally, I've talked about this before in context of exercise. Like I always do exercise videos where I'm following somebody else because that is how I work through an entire workout. I can design my own workouts all day long, but I won't finish them because there's nobody else there guiding me along. So body doubling is, pardon me, uh, body doubling is very similar to that in the sense that you log into this like open Zoom meeting where it's kind of always going, think of it like a virtual study hall. And there's other people in that Zoom meeting and everybody's working on their own thing. Like they type into the chat what it is they want to focus on for like the next hour. So you schedule yourself for an hour. And you just type in what you're going to do and you focus on your work and you can see everybody else focusing on their work. Everybody's on mute. So you don't have the, the, the noise distraction, but it works. So Focusmate is the name of that tool. There's a few other ones out there, but um, as an entry point, I would, I would recommend that one. And then the last thing that I do, and this is something just because I need so many reminders, and I've just started doing this this year, is leveraging Streak for Gmail. So Streak is a free uh, Chrome plugin and it enables you, and I'm sure there's other plugins I can do this too. I just use Streak. It enables you to write yourself an email or write anybody an email, but schedule it so it doesn't go out right away. It goes out at some later time. And uh, what you do then is write, like based on your goal list and your deliverables, 
write yourself an email at the top of each month or like at the end of each month saying, here's what you said you were going to accomplish. Here's what you need to focus on next, uh, next month. Um, and if you didn't get it done, you know, and, and here's your why. And if you feel like you're on track, you know, give yourself a little bit of a, um, a little motivational rah-rah, whatever it is that, you know, will help you or your future self keep, keep the momentum going write to her and, you know, January, February, March, April, May, June, like even if you only do the first six months so that you can reevaluate if you need to, set up those monthly emails to yourself, make them cute, make them fun and make them informative. And that's just one more layer of reminders that I think is super helpful. And then if you have all of that set up, your accountability, your structure, you're confident that you can do these goals, I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to at least make very significant progress towards them by the end of the year because you have been so methodical and so maniacal about making sure you are setting yourself up for success. Now, that feels like a lot of work, I know, but how are you going to feel at the end of this year when you have reached some seriously awesome goals and you've passed your milestones and you feel like a million bucks? Like not only have you reached your goal, but the added benefit, the extra chocolate layer of sauce is that you have this like new identity of being the person that follows through on what she says she's going to do. And that is my friend is where self-confidence comes from. So I'm going to stop now because I feel like I have just talked for a million years. That might be a lot to take in. I will, as I mentioned, also link to the video and the blog post that accompanies this along with the Google spreadsheet that I use. And I hope it was super helpful. And if you use it, let me know. Come find me on Instagram at Kara McGill. And uh, yeah, go live your best life, guys, in 2022. Let's rock this year and make it awesome. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.